welcome to the Celebrate Community Church of Yankton podcast. My name is Jeff Todd, and I have the privilege of serving as pastor of this amazing church community here in Yankton, South Dakota. I just want to say thank you for joining us. It's my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. There's a story about a guy who moved from the city, and he moved to an isolated wooded area in the northwest. His first task was to prepare the wood for his stove for the upcoming winter. So not knowing much about roughing it, he went into this local town and asked the owner of a hardware store, what was the best tool for cutting down trees? So the owner showed him a chainsaw and said, this will cut down three trees in one hour. The man was pretty excited about it, bought the chainsaw, but a few days later returned to the store and was very frustrated. He said to the owner, this thing you sold me didn't do as you promised. I worked to cut down my first tree for over five hours, and it still didn't fall. Well, the owner was a little confused by this, so he took the chainsaw from this city slicker, went to inspect it for defects, uh, but the owner actually started the chainsaw, and the man looked at him and said, What's that noise it's making? (laughs) I know it's a lame joke, but here's the thing I want to tell you. I think a lot of times God has given us a tool to use. And I'm just wondering if we haven't pulled the string and started it. See, I believe that we have the power to do some amazing things, but I wonder if we're using it correctly. Or are we standing out there with our chainsaw cutting to cut down the tree on our own power when God has given us a tremendous power to use as well? If you're a guest, we started a series last week called About Time. And we're talking about how we can manage that gift of time that God has given us. And I want to walk through that with you today. But throughout this series, we're going to have one key verse that we're going to focus on. It's going to be on the screen behind me. I'd like us to read this verse out loud together. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Church, I believe God has given you a chainsaw and it's called your time. But I wonder how much of us have actually taken the effort to pull the string and use it the way that he asked us to do. Or are we more like this guy by the name of Gordon Dahl? He wrote this quote, and and I love this quote. Most middle-class Americans tend to worship their work, tend to work at their play, and tend to play at their worship. As a result, their meanings and values are distorted. Their relationship disintegrate faster than they can keep them in repair. And their lifestyles resemble a cast of characters in a play in search of a plot. (laughs) When we look around our world, church, is that what we see? And I would say it because we're not using the chainsaw the way God built us to. And this quote of Dahl is kind of the basis of our series that we're talking about. A lot of times in this country we're in, we worship our work. We're taught to worship our work and spend all of our time at work. And we work at our play, and we play at our worship. These three ideas of work, worship, and play are all gifts from God. They've been given by us in proper order. But the problem is sin has come into our world. Sin has warped each one of these things. And so each week we're going to take one of these and look at it. And last week, if you missed it, I encourage you to go to our website, yankton.church, or go to our YouTube channel. Stacy Turry was here from Parkston. I thought she did a fantastic job talking about the idea of work. And how sometimes we can worship our work. And if you missed it, I, I, I want to make sure you catch it. 
It was fun for me because I got to not preach last week, so I got to sit back there and listen to what you guys do. But I hope you caught what Stacy said. She said something very powerful. She said, when I go to work, it's not my paycheck, it's my pulpit. I love that perspective. When you go to work, are you going to work for a paycheck or are you using it for your pulpit? And I'm going to remind you that Stacy is a wife. She is a mom of three very young boys. She works a full-time job at Citibank. And oh, by the way, this past year on Mother's Day, she felt called to take the life group that she had been hosting and turn it into a Celebrate Church. And they've been planning that church there since Mother's Day, and God's been doing some tremendous things with that. What can God do with a heart like that? That says, listen, my job, the position that I've been given, is a pulpit to use for God's kingdom. And so we're going to follow this today in talking about this idea of work and worship and play. And I don't know if maybe you've heard this example, and I've heard this said before. I need to find a work-life balance. How many of you heard that before? I need to find a work-life balance. I need to find a balance between my work and my life. I, I disagree with that statement. I don't think you need to find a work-life balance. Let, let me explain to you what I mean. So right now, I'm going to balance on one foot like this, right? And as I'm standing here, I can do it okay, and I can talk with you guys, but the whole time I'm doing it in my mind, I'm trying to shift my weight back and forth, and, and I can endure this for a while and probably, you know, stand up here and do this, but after a while, I start getting a little tired, I start getting a little wobbly, and eventually I fall. Can I just say, that's what I see a lot. I see a lot of people trying to maintain a work-life balance, and it's exhausting, just, it, it's not sustainable. We can't do it. And friends, I believe with all my heart, God did not intend you to maintain a work-life balance. I believe with all my heart, God has given you a purpose. And what is that purpose? So today, I'm going to look at somebody who I think is a pretty good example. It's a guy named Jesus, all right? You know the guy that we say every week we want to meet and we want to become like him? How did Jesus manage this? And we're going to go in our Bibles, and today it's going to be a little different. Um, I'm going to go to a couple different passages. So if you want to write these down, if you, if you feel pretty confident with your Bible skills, you can follow me. Otherwise, you can just watch on the screen. But I encourage you to maybe write down the references, read them after we're done. But I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And again, these are the words of Jesus, the one whom we say we're going to be like. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, I've read the Bible many times and throughout the Gospels. Do you know that you will never find one situation where Jesus ran anywhere? <laughs> There's no verse that says, and Jesus hurried over to Jericho because he was late for something. No. Jesus never hurried anywhere. But yet, the other thing that I find as I read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John about Jesus is he was interrupted constantly. I don't know about you, but I hate interruptions, all right? I have a plan, I have something I need to do, and I get this interruption, and I see it as a frustration. Jesus never saw it that way. Jesus was constantly interrupted. Jesus, everywhere he traveled to, every community he faced, he faced tremendous persecution. There was religious leaders that were literally trying to kill him. They were trying to trap him and trick him. He was facing these constant pressures all the time. And the other thing I think we forget about Jesus is was, although he was fully God, he was also fully man. Jesus, in his humanity, was just like you and I. Jesus got hungry. <laughs> How many of you, when you get hungry, you're not as patient? I am, right? Jesus got hungry. 
Jesus got tired. Jesus had to sleep. There was times he had to rest. We see that in Scripture. I know it's, you know, a little, you know, but we, Jesus had to go to the bathroom, all right? You ever been talking with somebody, and you really had to go to the bathroom, and you're like, how do I get out of this conversation? Because I got to go. You with me, right? That happened to Jesus. We don't think about that, but it's true. Jesus always made it a priority. No matter what, where he traveled, no matter the demands in his time, no matter how many people he healed, how many interruptions, Jesus always made it a priority to get alone and spend time with his heavenly Father. Keep in mind, he was God in human skin, but he said, no, that's still a priority to me. How in the world did Jesus do all of that? How did he accomplish all of that? And I'll remind you that the ministry of Jesus lasted only three years. Jesus got more done in three years than most people get done in ten lifetimes. And it's a very simple reason why. Jesus didn't try to maintain a balance. Jesus had a purpose. And John 5, 19, Jesus says this as clear as possible. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Did you catch that? Jesus said, I am here to do what my Father wants me to do. I am not running at the pace of the world. I'm not running my own agenda. I am simply being and doing and watching what the Father is doing and doing the same for me as well. And Jesus, I will remind you, had all the time he needed because he was following the purpose of God. And so if you write something down, this is the thing that I want you to write down today. I have all the time I need to accomplish his purposes. I have all the time I need to accomplish his purposes, to which I bet half of you don't believe that. <laughs> but, but let me push back on this. Jesus had all the time he needed to accomplish his purpose. So if you find yourself lacking some time, if you've ever said the phrase, I just don't have the time, I need to challenge you on that. It's one of two things. Either you are doing things that are not God's purpose, or you aren't doing the things that are God's purpose. Because you know what my Bible says? When I am following God's purposes, I will have all the time I need to accomplish His purposes. To which you say, great, Pastor, but why am I still exhausted? Okay, how do I do that? I'm going to do a couple things for you today because I believe this is a huge part. And I've said it before, this message is, can be so life-changing. If you apply this message, it's going to be amazing. But I'm going to first start off by teaching you a prayer. It's a very simple prayer. It's found in Psalm 119.37. If you're stressed out, if you're at the end of your rope, if you're having trouble finding time for things, here's this prayer I want to teach you. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Turn my eye. God, I only want to see what you see. I want to be like Jesus. I only want to do what you've asked me to do. Can we agree there's some worthless things that can take up some of our time, can't they? And we can be distracted from that. But if we pray that prayer, God, turn my eyes away from worthless things, so much will be happening. So what I'm going to do for you today is I'm going to show you two demonstrations. This is going to be a little unorthodox of a message today. But again, if you do what we're going to talk about, it will be life-changing. I said this at the beginning of our series, but I don't think you believe me. I said, if I told you, if I showed you some strategies, that if you did this strategy, a year from now, you would be a millionaire. 
okay? I guarantee you all y'all would take notes and this theater would be full, okay? Now, you obviously didn't believe me because it's not full, but I hope you take notes on this, okay? I'm going to show you something today that's going to be so much more valuable than any money amount, any amount of money you could ever make. Do you believe me? It's going to have to do with your time. And I'm going to show you a couple things that are going to be so cool. This is a demonstration that I saw probably about 13 years ago. Literally changed my life. And it will change your perspective. If you want to be a God-driven, purpose person, this is going to be so powerful to do this. And it all starts with this clear glass tube. <laughs> now, this clear glass tube represents something. And what I'm going to say about it is it's something that um, Joe Biden... Jeff Bezos, Pat Mahomes, and Taylor Swift all have in common. You know what that is? All right, I was going to make a Travis Kelsey joke, but I couldn't think of one. But all right, if you don't know who Travis Kelsey is, you're better off for it, okay? But, but the President of the United States, the most successful business person, the most successful athlete, most successful entertainer, they have one thing in common, the same thing that you and I have, and it's in this clear glass jar. We all have 24 hours in a day. It doesn't matter your wealth. It doesn't matter your education. It doesn't matter your talent level. It doesn't ma matter your level of fame. Every single person have 24 hours in their day, and they start with that. And I'm going to take it to another level and say, you have seven days in a week. So 24 hours a day, seven days a week, how many is that? Anybody know? 168 hours. Your day consists of 168 hours. This is what this glass jar represents. Now I'm going to show you one other thing. That's part of this demonstration. And I want to make sure that I clarify this. This, there's three things I'm going to show you. These three things I didn't make for this message. These are three things that if you come into my office, you're going to see them in a little tube right by my computer because I have to daily remind myself of these things. This is how important this is in my life. You track with me, church? The first one is this ball here that's labeled a person. I am, before I'm anything else, I am a person. I am a human being. That's who I am. And, and it's, it's a very important thing for me to understand that. The first person I take care of in my life is me. You might say that sounds selfish. It's actually not. Have you ever flown in an airplane before, right? And you remember the demonstration they go through? We've probably heard it a hundred times. The, the little uh, person will say, oxygen mask will fall from the ceiling. And you need to put your oxygen mask on who? Yourself before helping others. Why do you do that? Because if I don't put my own oxygen mask on first, I'm dead, and I don't help anyone else, okay? So I have to take care of myself first. Here's the second ball that I have, and this is what I call my family ball. Now, on here, I have parent, partner, but I just wrote that on there because I like alliteration, but it's basically my family, okay? This is the family. My family's important to me. My wife, Elaine, my two boys, and now my parents as well who are part of here. This is a huge part of my life. My family is super important to me. Here's the third one. I'm a pastor. So I'm a person, I'm a family, and I'm a pastor. And if you were part of our life groups this past week, I kind of walked through what this looks like and how I spend my time. But why are there three of them here? I don't know if you guys know this, but um, juggling is a very popular thing. And most people, if you didn't know this, most people can learn how to juggle three balls with a lot of training. But to add a fourth ball, as soon as you add a fourth ball to the juggling, the percentage of people who can learn it drop to almost less than 1%. If you can juggle four balls, that means you're a clown, okay? <laughs> Why do I say that? This is important to understand. These are the three things of who I am. 
I'm a person, I'm a family member, and I'm a pastor. Okay? Now, here's the third part of the demonstration. This represents everything else <laughs> in life, all right? And these, I have these little beans here. They're not very big. So if we take, again, think of this as your week. You have 168 hours in your week, right? Everybody has that. We have these little beans, and we say, oh, okay, how do I spend my time? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send that text message. Well, that's not a big deal. It's just a little tiny, little tiny bean, right? That doesn't take up too much time. Or I'm going to watch that, that Facebook reel. Okay, well, that, that doesn't take up too much of my time, right? Oh, well, i gotta do, I got to clean or something. i got to do this. And, and here's what happens. Oh, i got to go to work. So we put some of these beans in here, right? And oh, then Monday comes, and Tuesday comes, Wednesday comes, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And before you know it, all of these little things have already filled up our time. Did I just describe anyone's week this week, okay? Sometimes that happens. It's not a big deal, but little things fill it up. And then what, here's what happens. We try to go back and we say, okay, I'm a person. Well, I've got to eat. I've got to sleep. I've got to try to fit that into my life. Typically, we do that. And then my family comes along, and whether I really want them to or not, sometimes they, they take up part of my life too. But then we come to this third part. And in your life, maybe this represents God. And you come here and you go, oh, I just, I just don't have the time. And you know what? You're right. You don't have the time. You know why? Because your time got filled up by a bunch of stuff that probably really doesn't matter, not on purpose with God. All right? Now, I'm going to show you something that's going to be life-changing. You guys ready for this? All right. Here's how, if you live life on purpose, that's how this changes. Now watch this. I've got to reset this here, so bear with me. Keep in mind, 168 hours in your week. I am a person, I am a family, I'm a pastor, and we all have all these things. This is how you live your life on purpose. The first thing I need to take care of is what? Myself. Again, I need to put the oxygen mask on me first. I've got to take care of myself first. I've got to make sure I'm being intentional with my time and what I do with that. Make sure I get enough sleep. Make sure I get enough food. Make sure I get time with God. The second thing that I put in is my family ball. Please understand. You say, that's before being a pastor. I will always be Elaine's husband. I will always be a father to Caleb and Joshua. I will always be a son to Don and Janet. There will come a day where I will no longer pastor this church. But that never changes. That's why that's a priority in my life. But the third thing that it is, is I'm a pastor. And that's a significant part of my life. And so I put that in my 168 hours. Now you look at my tube and you say, well, that looks pretty full, Pastor. Okay? It actually isn't. Because we still have all these. Same amount of size, same amount of space, same amount of beans. You ready for this? This is what happens when you live on purpose. When Jesus says, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. Same amount of space, same size of balls, same amount of beans, but are you living your life on purpose? 
because it's amazing that when you put your priorities in place and you say, I'm not going to run at the pace of this world, I'm not going to run to build my own kingdom, I'm going to seek God's kingdom first, it's amazing how God will add all these things to us. And that is what happened with Jesus as well. And that can be in your life too as well. Church, I'm going to say it one more time. I have all the time I need to accomplish his purposes. God has given you all the time you need to accomplish his purposes. If you are struggling with that, you're probably doing some things God never intended you to do. Or you might not be doing something that God has asked you to do. Now, I like this demonstration, and again, this sits on my desk. I'm not making that up. It sits there because it reminds me of this, because I forget it sometimes, and I have to be reminded of myself. But I'm going to show you something else, and I've never done this before, but I'm going to walk you through something, because I think this is important to understand. I want you to wrap your mind around this, because I believe this isn't just for me. I believe every person in this room, no matter your situation, no matter your economic situation, no matter your retirement, no matter what, has this opportunity to make this as well. So I'm going to make a statement. What if I told you that every week you could have one day to do whatever you wanted? All of your obligations would be covered. Everything would be fulfilled. You'd have one full day to do whatever you wanted. How many of you would take that day? Boy, I need to come hang out with some of you guys. You guys have a lot of time, I guess, all right? Like, that's a pretty cool thing, right? I'm going to walk you through this and what this looks like in my own life. And, and this is how I'm going to describe it for you. Uh, it's very simple. It's the same thing that we do with our finances. When it comes to our money, and this is why I think this is important, we understand this about money, but we don't think about it in time. And I'm going to make this statement. Time is more important than money. I can always make more money. I can't make more time. I will only have 24 hours in a day, no matter how great I think I am. But this is how we think about it with money. Think about this idea. When we make a budget for our finances, we always start with how much money we have, right? And then we take how much we spend and we subtract that and that's what's left. You guys know where I'm going with this, right? This is how we deal with budget. So when you spend less than you start with, we have what's called a surplus, extra, okay? But when you spend more than you start with, you have left a deficit, or as I like to call it, the government, right? <laughs> when you spend more than you start with, you want to always have a surplus. It's the same thing with our time. And again, the difference is with time, it's easier. We all start with the same 168 hours. And I'm going to say you can make time and make it work for you when you work on purpose. So I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to walk you through my time and how I do this. I haven't done this before, but the reason why I think I'm doing this is for two reasons. I hear a lot of times people will say, oh, Jeff, you're so busy. You're so busy. Every look right here. I'm not busy. I live on purpose. And the reason why I can get done what I've able to get done is because I try really hard to work on walking with God's purposes. And I'll say it this way, I don't always get it right. I work really hard at this, and honestly, six months ago, I couldn't have given this message because I'd been a hypocrite, because it, it's a process that I'm working through. So I'm going to walk you through what this looks like in my life, because I want you to see it's possible, and then I want to challenge you to say, what does this look like in your life and in your situation? But before we look at it, I got a couple disclaimers, okay? So before we start this, here's my disclaimer. I'm going to talk about progress, not perfection. Again, I don't always get this right. 
This is a work in progress. Don't think that someday you're going to arrive and I'm going to have everything figured out. Progress, not perfection. Here's the second disclaimer. I'm going to describe for you, but I'm not going to prescribe for you. Okay, this might look different in your life. So don't take these notes and say, oh, this is exactly what I should do. This might look different for you. I'm, I'm, I'm describing it for you. I'm not prescribing it for you. And here's the third one. This is very important. I'm going to talk in generalities, not the gospel. And here's what I mean by that. This is a work in progress. And I'm going to share with you some things that I'm doing right now. Six months from now, don't come to me and say, remember, pastor, you said that, because it might have changed, okay? It's a work in progress, okay? So those are my disclaimers. But here's what I'm going to walk you through. When it comes to our time, it's the same thing as our money. What do we start with? What do we spend? What do we have left? I've already said, when it starts the week, we have how many hours in a week? 168. You will start this week with 168 hours. I'm going to show you how I spend my time. Here's the first thing that I do. I sleep. <laughs> okay? I sleep for seven hours a night, seven times seven, 49, right? Now, I'm going to tell you something. That's something I have to work at. Sleep does not come naturally to me. If you haven't figured it out, I'm a high-anxiety, highly-driven person. I, I set an alarm to wake myself up. I also set an alarm to go to bed, okay? I, I have an alarm on my phone that goes off and says, okay, Jeff, it's time to go to bed. Now, sometimes the alarm wakes me up because I, sometimes I fall asleep and it says, okay, now it's time to go to bed. Sleep is very important, and, and I do. I, I make sure that it's a priority. Here's the second way that I spend my, my time is my Sabbath. I'm not going to go into detail on Sabbath because we're going to actually talk about Sabbath next week, but there's a reason why I take a Sabbath. And you might say, I put 17 on there, and you might say, why 17? Because I sleep on my Sabbath, right? 7 plus 17 is 24, okay? I suggest you sleep on your Sabbath too. It's very highly recommended, okay? Here's another way that I spend my time. I spend my time with God. And, and I put an hour per day minus my Sabbath. But I, I, my time with God is very important to me. And I'm not talking about my time preparing a message or, or talking with you. I'm talking about my own personal Bible study prayer time. I have to put it on my calendar. I schedule it and I block it off as if I had an appointment with one of you, right? I would keep that appointment. I would honor that. I do the same thing with God because he's important in my life. That's how I do it. Here's the other way that I spend my time is my family. Now, you might notice I put up eight hours there, and, and that's, again, don't hold me to this, but here's, here's what I've learned in my family. Um, Elaine doesn't like to be on my calendar. <laughs> she doesn't like to, honey, I'll pencil you in about 3.30 on Tuesday. Is that okay with you? <laughs> she doesn't really appreciate that very much, okay? But, but I, what I say that is because I have to be intentional about reserving time for my family. Please know this. Like I said, I, my family's a priority in my life. That's why I make time for them. My family has the ability to interrupt me whenever they want to. It actually happened this week. I was sitting in a meeting, um, and my phone went off, which is always kind of embarrassing, right? You're like, oh, I thought I turned my phone off. But I looked at it, and it was Elaine. Elaine was calling me. So I took the call. Why? Because Elaine has the right to interrupt me no matter where I'm at. I didn't apologize for that. Because she's my wife. She needs something, I'm going to talk to her and say, hey, this is my wife. You see what I'm saying? My family's a priority. I have to make that a priority. So I put, make time for my family. So I have myself, I have my family, and then I talked about being my pastor. And, and I'm just going to kind of walk you through this a little bit. So there's two lines up there. There's my pastor. Since May, I've been working 24 hours as a pastor, and I've been volunteering my 16 hours. So I work 40 hours as the pastor of this church. 24 hours, those are paid 16 of those are volunteer. Now you might say, Pastor, which one of those are, or how do you decide what's volunteer and what's paid? 
It depends on who I'm dealing with. <laughs> That's a joke. I'm just kidding a little bit, all right? If you're not laughing right now, you're one of the paid people, okay? Just saying. <laughs> all right. I don't determine that. I just say, listen, God, I believe that 40 hours of my week is going to be given to growing this church. That's what I want to do. That's who I am. That's how I've been doing it since May. And then the, the last part of that, as many of you know, uh, I've been working at Applied Engineering 24 hours. And, and that's the number I set to say, okay, I'm going to be there. That's so I can provide for my family and not take away from the church. And I know this is a little confusing, so I want to make sure that I explain this to you again because you've heard me say this before. Um, I am not interested in in changing that. Because as our church continues to grow, there will be things that will need to be happening at this church. The first thing is um, there's going to be a lot of administrative tasks. Um, the second one is a kid's ministry. The third one is music. Please understand, I'm not your guy for any of those things. <laughs> I, I, our goal is that we're going to hire people part-time to do those roles, and as we continue to grow and add more people, we can probably get to about 200 people before we're going to need to change anything on that. And that's our perspective to do that. So I, I, I write that down so you guys can kind of see where I'm going with that. I'm not going to change that. If I can continue to provide for my family by working another job and continuing to, to bless our church and empowering and equipping other people to do jobs, that's what I'm going to do. But one of the things I want to help you with, and then I'll go on, I promise, um, when it comes to applied engineering, I heard some people ask me sometimes, like, when do you work, pastor? All right? And, and I know what they're saying, like, when are you at applied engineering? Please understand, being a pastor is work, too. Okay? I, I don't think of it as work and not work. I, I think of it as this is my calling, this time that I'm there, times that I'm not. Make sense? Okay. If I've lost you, I'm going to summarize this. I'm going to bring it back for you. If you remember, we're talking about a time budget. And again, this is descriptive, not prescriptive. I'm just showing you what it's like for me. We start with how many hours? 168 hours, okay? If you did the math as you're going there, I just spent 144 of those 168 hours. Keep in mind, that's working 64 hours a week. 40 as a pastor, 24 applied. I slept seven hours a day for seven days. I took a 24-hour Sabbath. I made time for my family. And what did that leave me with? 24 hours. I have an entire day every single week outside of my family, outside of my obligations to do what I need to do and take care of all those little beans. Why is that the case? Because again, I'm not living for my purposes. I'm living for God's purpose. Church, again, when you align yourself the way that God wants you, when you say, listen, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you, I'm telling you it can happen. And again, this is going to look different in your life. So take this as progress, not perfection. Start somewhere. I'm going to encourage you this week in our life groups, we're going to be doing this. I want you to seriously think about how you spend your time. What are your priorities? What matters to you? And again, don't take this as prescriptive, like I have to do it the way Jeff did it. I know you're all different and you have personalities, but what can you do to put yourself on the purposes that God can be? And again, it's not the gospel. It's, just, it's a general statement. Work at it to try to become better because again, I want to read for you the verse, Ephesians 5.15. Be careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Church, we have to be accountable, not just for our finances to God. We need to be accountable for how we're spending our time. We need to make sure that we are accomplishing His purposes, not our own. And when you do, 
you will find that you have all the time you need to accomplish his purposes. If you get to the end of your day or the end of your week and you say, I just didn't have time to read my Bible this week, you had the wrong purposes. If you come to Sunday morning and you're like, oh, I just don't, I can't make it there Sunday morning, you have the wrong purposes. What are you doing that is keeping you from what God is calling you to do? Or are there things that you're not doing that are part of God's purposes? Stop trying to chase balance in life. Start trying to chase his purposes. And again, the words of Jesus, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. God wants you to be successful in life. He wants you to walk according to his purposes, not your own. Let's pray. Thanks so much for listening. If you live in the Yankton area, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. at 310 Walnut Street. You can also check out more content on our website, yankton.church, or our YouTube channel, at Celebrate Yankton. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to it and share with others. God bless.